0: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning, happy Thursday, hump day, minus one, plus one, I don't know, whatever. Welcome to the show on CBS Sports Radio. Great to be here. Great to have you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Free Odyssey app, your wonderful affiliate. WriterThanYou.com, CBS Sports Radio, at CBS. I don't think it actually live streams there, but you should go and you should follow Tommy. I do like the connection so many of you have made with the executive producer. Because now I'll just be hanging out at night, watching some NBA games, right around 11 p.m. my time, maybe wrapping up 2 2 a.m. East Coast time, some some CBS Sports HQ work, and I'll get on the Twitter mentions, and it it warms my heart to see some of you say, Pretty Daddy dot, dot, dot. And we know. We know who we're talking about. I love that. Uh, I have a question for Tom in just a second. Kind of a public service announcement sociological exploration that, that the executive producer and I are going to do together. But let me tell you about the show. We're going to get into some more conversations and maybe some some picks centered around the NFL playoff matchups over the weekend. We've got some news that we'll dive into in a more thorough way an hour from now. We knew this was coming. It's official. Tua Tagovailoa will not play for the Miami Dolphins. That is a fact, and that means two teams that really, I think, depending how you looked at them, had an opportunity not that long ago to be considered, if not championship contenders, really difficult obstacles to those teams that are. Two of those teams have quarterback woes and question marks that could certainly make them also Rams victims of actual solid, healthy teams. It's the Dolphins and it's the Ravens. So we'll talk about two of them, but we'll also mix in a little Lamar talk and just what it means for two two of the teams in the NFL playoff field to be, barring a major surprise, absolutely not formidable in most of these games. It's a bummer. It's a bummer for those teams and those QBs. We'll do buy or sell. We'll get into—maybe we'll do in 20 minutes, maybe at the end of the show. I know I'm on an island here. We don't have a drop for unpopular take alert. We should, given the fact that it's my show and I talk a lot, and I have many of those. I love Nick Saban voting Alabama number two in the coaches' poll. I, I love everything about it. We'll get into that as well. And we haven't talked enough about this, which I've said on the air, but we're going to go in on Dana White, on ESPN, on the decision makers there, because we now have clarity on the punishment that Dana White is going to receive for slapping his wife. It was caught on camera, TMZ broke that story a week or two ago. And Dana White, who runs UFC, who built it into a literally billion-dollar business, who is a billionaire as a result— is going to have absolutely zero consequences you'll hear from him he, he talked to the media yesterday at an event in Vegas and we'll we'll get into that into that conversation do let me ask you good morning by the way Tom I'm sorry I just I'm all business there's no there's no like warm-up there's no foreplay there's no hello there's no like you know let's let's connect as human beings let me start over hey Tom good morning man good morning Bill happy Thursday to you Oh yeah, buddy. You too. You too. Uh, how's it going? Good? You alright?
1: I'm doing great. Um, I'm a little uh, a little hesitant on where we're going here by the tone of your voice,
0: but I'm doing great right now. Nothing to be afraid of. I'm excited to see you in a week and a half. New York City bound. Let's go. Couple days in the Big Apple. Do I need a coat? Uh, yes, you may yeah, need okay. multiple coats. Take a sip of my coffee here. Ready? You, 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 tell me about the weather while I because this coffee's gonna be prepped for what I want to ask you about.
1: Uh, there was frost on my car this morning, so that means we were below oh. freezing overnight. We are in, I'd probably say the low 40s at the moment, right now though.
0: When I lived in Kansas City for the for the for a big chunk of the eight or nine years that I was there, when my kids were born there. I loved it. Went to school in Missouri, Midwest kid, born and raised. We had a great little downtown loft, right? We had a loft in downtown Kansas City, town that I loved, and it had covered parking area, which was really, really cool, but it was outdoors, right, where it's not heated, and that frost is not, that is not a pleasant experience. So I take it you also don't have a heated garage covered area uh, if you dealing with the frost.
1: That would be a big fat no.
0: So your situation, the answer to your question that I'm going to pose to you may, may, uh, may be impacted by that. I um, And I'm not complaining. We all work hard. But as you know, I've been working late nights on TV and getting up for this, so, so I'm used to this. But I have some mental tricks that I do when I wake up in the morning and my body screams, I hate you, and I want more sleep. Okay, ready? One, and I know this is an addiction. I know I'm addicted to a substance, but I immediately am like, there's coffee coming. I got a whole coffee routine. I'm going to get coffee in my body, and that's going to be a That's one. Uh, two is I sort of – I just embrace – we're on, the, we're on the West Coast, so a lot of you listening right now at West are up early. And really, wherever you're listening, most of us... And look, to our Trust Fund listeners, we love you. But most of us work for a living and have to get up early and have to operate on very little, right, less sleep than we'd like. So I'm curious the tricks people go through. Um, I, also, I also sometimes just embrace the pain. I literally am just like, I can... You know, it's almost like a work, working out. Not that I've ever done that before, but like, I sort of have the idea of the concept. But the main thing, Tom... And this is probably not healthy. Is I just blatantly lie to myself. I will get up be like, oh, yeah, today's a super easy day, and, and, and I don't have anything to do. And I'm, I just, when I was in New York and I used to work a lot of hours, when I was working 80 hours a week, I used to wake up on a Tuesday and just pretend it was Friday. Just emotionally convince myself, <laughs> only got a day to go. Do you have any tricks of the trade out there?
1: But you knew it was like, yeah, my biggest trick, and you hate it, hump day. I'm a big fan of hump day. That's what gets me through it's just, the second half of the week. But how does that work? It's today's Thursday. What, what happens when you're tired on
0: Tuesday? You're yeah. like, I'm one day
1: from hump day? Yeah, one day from hump really? day. Thursday. It's Friday, junior. I'm almost there. Then Friday's Friday. We coast. It's the weekend. So you wake
0: up on a Tuesday, and you're kind of like, ugh. And you just tell yourself, it's a rough day, but tomorrow's hump day, and that's it's all downhill. Absolutely. I'm one day away from the halfway point. All right. I'll, I'm not jo- hey, I'm, no, I – I, I understand. We all have our, our coping mechanisms in different things, including sports. Like as a Bears fan, my, my coping mechanism is to hate them with a burning passion, even though deep in my fan's heart, I wish things would go well. And if you are a fan – of one of those franchises that have struggled this year. I mean, look at the Texans. Look at look at the Broncos. If you are a fan of the Arizona Cardinals, you close your eyes at night and you pretend that Sean Payton or someone of that, of that ilk, of that... What does ilk mean? Of that level of ability is coming to the rescue. And we've got some news that's coalescing around this over the last 15 hours that struck me as really, really interesting. We know officially... That three teams, because remember, technically speaking, Sean Payton still belongs in the terms of the need for compensation to his former team, the New Orleans Saints. There's some sort of price that will be paid if he's going to coach this upcoming, this next season, which he is, because he wants to again, and he's highly coveted. And we know for a fact that the Saints have granted permission to three teams to interview Sean Payton, the highly regarded, I'm more skeptical, which you know if you listen to the show, and that's not to say that I think he's a bum, I just am always hesitant when a a coach's success has been tied directly to one all-time great top-five quarterback. And for me, that's Drew Brees. And that's probably been enhanced, maybe in an unfair way, by Bill Belichick's post-Tom Brady saga. But that's not to say that if you're Arizona or Houston or Denver any team looking for a coach... You don't target Sean Payton. It's certainly worth worth the risk. And those are the three teams that have permission. The Texans, the Cardinals, and obviously that job would allow you to coach, whether this is a bonus or not, Kyler Murray, and the Broncos. Same question, same dilemma, but it's Russell Wilson in that equation. Now, there's also a report that is out there that he has actually been on his behalf all of the teams. This is from Nick Underhill, who covers the Saints, um, Locally, that that all five openings, all all five teams that are currently looking for a head coach have sought permission. So it's a matter of time, and also be a matter of what Sean Payton wants. And we can debate, or we could do it now, a, a different day, whether or not Sean Payton's the answer or not. I, he might be, and, and to me, bringing in a coach like Sean Payton, and but Pete Carroll, by the way, had the exact same to a degree asterisk for me that has been proven that Carroll's incredible. I think what he's done with Geno Smith is amazing, and obviously I know I got it. I'm aware Pete Carroll had a pretty successful run at USC in college. Even though it's a different level, it's a rare thing. I'm not saying Sean Payton can't be amazing. I'm just saying it's like a highly coveted draft pick playing quarterback coming out of college. Yes, high degree of likelihood, but I'm not sure it's the same thing until I see it without, in this case, Drew Brees and that level of quarterback. But if I'm Those organizations, I understand why you're going to target Sean Payton. And, D.C., you may think I'm crazy here because I was thinking about these jobs and these openings, and I think we even discussed, if I remember right, yesterday or the day before whether we thought Denver was the better job or Arizona was the better job. And some of the conversations there are are certainly around, I think, Kyler Murray – There's a real concern that he is a malcontent. We've had people, multiple players of his and former teammates, excuse me, talk fairly publicly about his lack of leadership and his lack of being the guy he needs to be. And I'm telling you, outside of the bitterness of one guy who hates another guy, when athletes who are teammates of guys, or even not contemporaries, talk about people that they are criticizing, it's it's a rule of 10. It's usually 10 times worse than they're actually saying. And so that's an eyebrow raiser, and we know because we've made a whole bunch of jokes about it, and I've really, really enjoyed making them. That Sean Payton would have to manage a quarterback if he were in Arizona, who had to have in his contract the requirement to watch film, and it got rescinded because he 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 felt all the feels, and he was really sad, and, and he was just you know blah blah blah. Then you have Russell Wilson, who, who clearly is older and, and maybe washed, but has proven whatever his weirdness and oddities. He has proven, Russell Wilson, a commitment to doing whatever needs to be done at his prime to be a winner at the highest level. He, he has. And so we've debated Denver versus Arizona. I actually think, Tom, that the, and this hit me yesterday, I think the Texans' job is actually the better job. And I think it's entirely possible that the Texans' job is the best job that is open if, and this is a big if, you are actually the head coach that that everyone thinks you are in Sean Payton. You have multiple draft picks, and you don't have the number one overall pick. I understand that because Lovey Smith went for two at the end of the season and completely screwed over the team that he knew, and he was correct, was going to fire him. But presuming, and even if the Bears don't draft a quarterback at one, they're almost certainly going to trade to someone else because there's so much value there. But still, you have the second pick. There's more than one quarterback. Bryce Young's not the only guy. And I need to check, but I'm pretty sure not the only guy that played quarterback in college last year. I'm pretty sure he's not the other other programs, I think, tried the whole quarterback thing. But I think more to the point you're not in Cap Hell in Texas. Like the cap situation is extremely free and extremely liberating. It is a rebuild of sorts, but it's the opportunity, minus minus a Trevor Lawrence being there and the number one pick being there, what Urban Meyer sort of had and, and, and screwed up. And this guy's not Urban Meyer. I actually the Texans I think are, are the job. And if I'm Sean Payton, unless his evaluation, which is going to be much more, it'll have much more expertise than mine or Bogush's or even Tommy Diesel's who wants the NFL playoffs to go to four teams, if if Sean Payton determines himself that Kyler Murray, aside from his ego, and I think that's a point Andrew keeps making, it's a great one, aside from Sean Payton's ego, like, I can fix anyone, if he just passionately makes the determination that Kyler Murray's not it, that Russell Wilson's no longer it. That the other job openings aren't worthy of his time. I think the Texans have the job to take. You get to build with your own quarterback. You have a slew of draft picks. You have cap space, which is a significant issue to go out there and, and to be successful. And, and I'll add this too. And I don't want to get into the weeds in this too much. But is a, for me, what I'm about to say is a, is a truism that we've hit. And I don't think you can argue it to a large degree. The best model for winning a Super Bowl is to have a quarterback under contract who does not make his market value, and that allows you to spread those resources to other places. Now, there are exceptions to this rule. I think, I think Patrick Mahomes will become one of them. Uh, Tom Brady, by the way, is what people point to. took huge pay cuts over the years in New England to facilitate a happy medium between being the kind of guy that's on a rookie contract, right? what that allows you to do, and, and these massive deals you have now. If Sean Payton decides to coach the Texans, if he can draft the right quarterback, these are big ifs, if he can actually facilitate that quarterback's growth and development, if Sean Payton's excellence offensively really is independent of Drew Brees' individual excellence, I think the Texans are the job. And it's really easy to dismiss that because there's not a big name. There's not a quote-unquote proven quarterback. There's obviously not. They'd have to draft properly. But let's be honest like let's let's like let's evaluate this beyond the headlines and beyond what's easy. If you were drafting a quarterback today, would you take Kyler Murray knowing what you know? I don't think you would. I think part of the issue with Arizona is they had to draft him where they did, the number 1 overall pick. They had to pay him what they did. That's the way the market works now. You're talking 50 million dollars a year is the basic of the market rate for a, a quarterback who who might be a top 10 QB. It's part of the reason Jared Goff is suddenly crazy affordable at $25 million a year for the next couple years, if I have that right. I think he's owed 52 or $53 million over the next two years in, in Detroit. Russell Wilson, you absolutely would have drafted if he was the quarterback of five years ago. You're not now. I think there's a strong argument that you choose, even if it's the second QB in the draft, that guy, if Sean Payton knows what he's doing in evaluations, over the two guys that are the quarterbacks and have to be because of their contracts in the two places that people are pointing to and saying, look at Sean Payton. At the Rams... If the Rams have a new situation, if they have a head coach opening, if McVeigh walks away, there's going to be some talk about that. That's not the spot. It's just not. You don't know what Matthew Stafford is. You do know what Baker Mayfield is. I'd rather draft somebody else. And they're an absolute cap hell, and they're in, they're in diminishment. diminishment. See? i got to have more coffee. That's, that's part of it. That's what i gotta, that's what I got to cling to hump day. Help me help my brain get the fog out of there earlier. The Texans might be the best job in the NFL in terms of the jobs that are open right now. And if I'm Sean Payton, I'm taking a long look at at, the, at that opening. That's the opening I'm looking at. All right, 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. I um All right, I I want to get into some some I want to circle back to the NFL playoff conversation, but I've got this this Nick Saban unpopular opinion. I love it. And Desell finds Saban's Decision. He voted. He voted Alabama second in the uh, in the coaches' poll. Saban did not. Decel. Decel, to my knowledge, does not have a vote in the coaches' poll. Uh, Tommy finds it absurd. I think it's an act of 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 arrogant magic. And I guess Andrew Bogus will be the uh, tiebreaker next year on CBS Sports Radio. All right, for wild card round action, we're just talking about that. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is the place to go. New customers can bet just five dollars to get two hundred in free bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code Writer, my last name Writer R E I T E R. New customers again can bet five dollars on the NFL and get two hundred in free bets instantly. That's code Writer R E I T E R. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be President of state where lawful to wager. the plus most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario and Ohio. Bonus issued as is free bets. One free bet issued. Based on the amount of initial losing, and of a bet up to $10, eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. In New York call 877 8 Hope NY. Or you can just text Hope NY. That's 467 369. Eligibility in terms of sportsbook.com. DraftKings.com slash football terms.
2: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast.
0: Oh, yeah. Harry Styles. Gotta breathe, Harry. Gotta be honest. Wasn't a big Harry Styles guy. Uh, not to get all People Magazine on you, Tom, but but didn't love whatever his role was or wasn't in poor Ted Lasso's sadness in real life and uh, whatever I don't know wasn't listening to his music and my daughter Madeline went to his concert and I'm like who oh, Harry. and I listen we I own the albums now play the music when I'm cooking whatever it's good stuff you just made a you just made a face are you like a Harry Styles fan you weren't a One Direction guy
1: no. Don't shake your head at me,
3: bogish. This is where you dipped your toe in current pop culture? Was One Direction? Don't and lie Fast to- and the Furious
1: movies? <laughs> don't lie to me and say they don't have catchy
3: songs. They had very catchy songs. Well, this dude's, uh,
0: Watermelon, whatever, that song's catchy. This dude's talented. Sure. This guy's talented. Look, I guess I can't make an assessment on One Direction because like Harry Styles until four weeks ago, hadn't familiarized my to quote a classic hadn't familiarized myself with his entire catalog <laughs> i celebrate his entire catalog it's an old that's an old reference uh hi andrew good morning good morning good friend how are you wonderful so excited to see you guys in a week and a half can't wait to be there hanging out it's going to be the best um you want to play you want to play tiebreaker i i think i'm probably on the wrong side or the the opposite side of you i should say i, I but you want to play tiebreaker in a debate and I haven't.
3: Yeah. So I have to be I have to be honest here or should I Yeah, I want you to bring it. Bring okay. the honesty. Even All if right. I have to pick D Cell. Yeah, remember we're still best friends. Date number twelve.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's a poison chalice. Um I uh No, you guys are you guys you guys are great together. D Cell hates I'm not sure hates is the right term. And Tom jump over me, interrupt me. You saw that Nick Saban voted on his coach's ballot. He went Georgia one, Alabama two, and then TCU Michigan, Ohio State, Tennessee. Kirby Smart had Alabama all the way down at six, I think. I think even below Tennessee. And Tommy and I are on different sides of this. D-Cell thinks it's ridiculous. The actual word is you can't do this. I wrote it down from this morning. You can't do this. I love it. I'm not saying it's accurate. And maybe it is accurate. I just, this is why I think the coach's poll is incredibly stupid. Because there's so much politics involved. I'm glad that the the ballots are public. There's so much. These these guys have their own self-interest involved. And Nick Saban's an egomaniac who thinks his team is always the best. And I'm sure believes that but for a couple mistakes, they would have been in the national championship picture and in the playoff and won it. I'm not mad at the guy for thinking this because it just, to me, it's the most Nick Saban thing of all time. And I actually celebrate it, and I love it, and I'm bemused by it, and it made me laugh because I, I want a guy like Nick Saban having the guts to make these votes if he's going to go out there and continue to be successful. Tom, you think it's what?
1: Preposterous? Yeah, I'm with you on its accuracy. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. All that aside, I don't care if it's right or if it's wrong. I'm going to use a word here that I despise. It's awful optics. You can't do it. You cannot vote for your team who did not make the top four. You were not in the playoff. I understand that you thought you should have been, regardless of your two-loss season. You cannot vote for yourself over the team Granted, they were absolutely blown out in the championship. You cannot vote yourself ahead of TCU. You cannot do it. And you know. I love it. You know I love he it. struggled.
0: He wanted to put Bama number one. You know he did. I mean, that would have been. I also probably would have enjoyed it, but I would have like criticized it with a chuckle. Why not, man? And, and by the way, there's, and I won't let Andrew go, there's certainly a conversation out there, and I, I share it. That Alabama would oppose the most serious challenge to Georgia. And
1: I'm with you on that. They, I totally they didn't agree earn it. I totally they didn't agree earn it.
0: All right, Bogey,
3: get in there. Well, it's hard for me to match D cell's level of anger here because I can only think of one thing that matters less than this poll, and that's the preseason poll in college football and basketball. This means basically nothing because we know that Georgia's number one. I'm not enjoying or against Nick Saban doing this because he kind of possibly maybe's right. I don't, I don't know. He might be right. <laughs> right, but it's what you just
1: said, folks. We know Georgia is one, but after that, are we convinced that TCU is the second best team in the country?
3: No, I, I don't think that they are. So, I, so you can, and I think Alabama's better than TCU. I would have picked Alabama to beat TCU, which is Nick Saban's argument that his team would have been favored against anybody but Georgia that's what he kept telling us before the playoff why they should be in one of those top 4 spots and he probably isn't wrong they would they're definitely better than TCU they might be better than Michigan they could be better than well, Ohio State you, but they may not, but they might not
0: what do you expect him to do like like he's he has to recruit players and coaches kids this is like going up to someone and saying hey we're going to rank how attractive Everyone's wife is at CBS Sports Radio. You have to include your wife, and it'll be a public ballot. You better put your wife number one or number two, bro. You want to, like, throw a little, like, okay... I mean, come on, man. He
1: we can't. watched the games; they weren't even in the playoff. Whether that was right or wrong, we Why watched watch. the top four.
0: Like, <laughs> we, we didn't know until the games were. Oh, here is <laughs>
1: Alabama. But
0: it's about now that I've
1: watched it's it. It's about the top. Like anyone who was in the playoff cannot be ranked lower than four. Then what are we playing these games for? Why are we doing it's a the, playoff? It's the
0: coaches' poll. Saban has is voting on his own right. team. Didn't somebody
3: have Ohio State seventh?
0: Yeah, That's the they, thing. They were... is I actually, I think the one thing I would quibble with on on Saban is I would put Ohio State above Michigan just based on the fact that they should have beaten a Georgia team that obviously dominated the national championship game. The UTEP coach had TCU ninth. <laughs> That's obnoxious. <laughs> I didn't see that. Are you kidding? But like, it's just it's, this. It's, the coach's poll is stupid, right? Then by the way, this is why this is why players shouldn't vote for MVPs. So now you're going to get me down a whole rabbit hole because. You remember several years ago when Steph Curry won his first MVP and everybody was so outraged in the NBA, the players, and it became this, these guys have never played, they don't know anything about the sport. And so the Players Association made a huge deal about launching their own MVP and they had a ceremony, and they gave it to James Harden. It was the Steph Curry doesn't deserve the MVP inaugural award, it, literally. Well, that thing's kind of gone away, hasn't it? Because, because you played the game, because you're in the game, doesn't mean that you are good or capable or able to be honest or accurate about (laughs) assessing the game. Like, if you were to take every single person that's on the air at CBS Sports Radio, so me, you guys, DA, Sean, Jim Rome, Gelb, JR, everybody, Amy, you know, Maggie Perloff, and and all the producers, and be like, all right, we want you to publicly talk honestly about CBS Sports Radio. What works, what doesn't, what you think of every show— you would get the most inaccurate rendering of all. Oh, every, that, every show's great. Every show, that Bill Ryder's amazing. I mean, these guys are too close to it to ask them to make, I think, public assessments like this. They're never going to be honest. But then
1: why was Kirby Smart's more in line with, I don't want to say the public. Because he won. He can write whatever the hell he wants. But then, if you went through every single coach in D1, like there are ones that would follow more of public perception than not.
3: Yeah, but also because this is means nothing I'll sign up for pettiness, whether it's putting yourself at number two because you're just that, you know, blindly confident in your team or I because you're it. another head coach in Texas and you don't like Sonny Dykes at TCU, you put him ninth or you put Ohio State seventh. Like, this is a – complete. and the other part of this is a lot of times the coach isn't even doing this. Somebody else is filling this out, and he just looks at it real quick and goes, okay, sure, because, like, at some point, there's no – like, Kirby – you think Kirby's smart off a title – Is taking a half an hour to sit down and make a 1 through 25 Uh, uh, list of college football teams? But that's the point. It shouldn't take a half hour. We know we have a system in place that tells you what the rankings are. The system gives us 1 through 4. you got to give them on the list 1 through 25. So where are you on that list? That takes some time.
0: By the way, I, yeah, Kirby Smart's SID did a great job. Yeah, or the
3: you know the, <laughs> the <sports> director <laughs> of operations, the consultant right. to the head coach, whatever the fancy titles are now, somebody filled it in and maybe ran it by Kirby, and I bet in Tuscaloosa the rule is the national title winners won where to do the rest with whatever you want with, with with the other 23 spots.
0: I mean, I understand like if I were doing if I were voting, I would not have Alabama in my top four, like obviously but you might have a, them
3: five, right? I would have them five, right? So, like, and you do that maybe out of default for not being in the title game, but because you'd put them at five, number two is not really that wrong. If they were six and five this year, he'd be a doof. But two is not. If he
0: put him one, he'd be a doof. Yes, right. And if TCU had had lost to, if they had shuffled it and TCU had lost to Georgia sixty-five to seven in the opening round, many people would have dropped TCU. Out of the top four, right. so, so the idea that there can't be movement, right? That, that, that those four are locked lock isn't true. It's just not. It's just I, I, I kind of I love I love it, Tom. Listen, I'm not
1: saying it's wrong. I'm just saying you. What well, is that wrong? Then how can it be preposterous? Because how I dare know, he be accurate? We saw TCU play in the championship. I know. Right. What is that?
3: So again, what, if I close
1: my eyes, I could vote differently. So they have to be number two, is what I'm saying. So if
3: they're not, it's wrong. Yes, we, we got to get you. I don't know who teaches you these things. A dictionary, English one. We got to get you to learn Alabama what you're saying here. How be number two when they
1: didn't play in the championship game? We're not
3: arguing that anymore. We're arguing the fact that you said this is on. It's not wrong, and then you told us. How it's wrong. It's
0: probably accurate, <laughs> but it should never have occurred.
2: <laughs>
0: Come on, man. It's
1: terrible optics. That's what I'm saying. But why? You can't, can't do, it. do it. Why is it terrible? It's actually...
3: What's the better optics? He puts his team 15? He
1: puts his team appropriately, five or six,
3: right where they should be. You might be leading America in reaction to this right now. So it, you, you're the one with the optics. I don't know if anyone's actually losing any other uh, sleep over this.
0: He was really fired up this morning. I, but here's the other thing. Nick Saban's going to go into living rooms. And he's going to tell parents Wait, well, you know, we should—I can't do a Nick Saban accent, but I don't know who that is. that Jimbo? That they—that they, that Alabama's the best team in the country, that certainly they didn't win last year, and Georgia deserved that championship. But that, you know, Alabama, you know, it, it, that was a slip-up, but they're the best team in the country. And they certainly—ha, huh, maybe we're number two. Maybe Georgia was one last year, and that's going to change with your son. He, this is part of the narrative that he's selling to build his program. I mean, that's—right— you don't want some parent to be like, "Well, you put your team eight." So, what do you mean? What are you talking? This he's he's him and his, he and his staff are year round putting together the program for the present and the future.
3: And I would go as far as saying that the postseason coaches poll has never come up in Doesn't any matter. real conversation between Nick Saban and a recruit, a donor. If he has a boss in Alabama, I don't know that he does. Maybe it's the governor. But th- this is just this is a complete non-entity.
0: All right, decel, uh, Bogus is into the. That's the nicest way Bogus has ever been. Like, I talk about this.
3: I've learned I'll my use lesson. My
1: veto. I'll <laughs> use my veto. It doesn't come up nine times out of ten because normally the coaches do what the public perception is. A little tweak here and there. No one's putting themselves to when they didn't even make the playoff.
3: But this list doesn't do anything. Like it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't do anything. No one gets points off of it. It doesn't set you up for next year. No one's hanging a banner off of this. It's like it's it's a it's for fun. Yeah, I mean, so are the rankings throughout the season. No, those rankings actually mean something because they're tra- trending towards the Final Four. The season's over. We got a thousand names in the transfer portal. Guys going in the draft. This has nothing to do with anything. Nick Saban could put his team zero if he wanted to, or 26th. It just it doesn't matter. Oh, he can't do 26th.
0: I would ju- be just as outraged. It, it doesn't. Well, you're outraged notwithstanding. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> insignificant. It doesn't matter. I, Even if he had put him number one and people would have been outraged, I would have found it amusing.
1: I, thought, I mean, as soon as I saw this yesterday, I sent it to you. I thought it was tremendous. Again, I don't think it's wrong. I think it's just terrible optics. And it doesn't but matter for a guy like Saban. Who nope. cares about the optics if it's accurate?
3: Right, and I actually think that whoever. But puts... there's
1: plenty of people who don't think it's accurate. There's there's going to be okay. people who say we just watched the championship game. How could they be number two? You well, are stuck on it. it. Look with my two <laughs> eyes. I turned on it. A... There they are. But then, but real. then, why weren't they in the playoff? Why why weren't everybody clamoring I'm... for Alabama to be in the top four then? But I think <laughs> no. Then why why wasn't there more noise for Alabama to be in the top four in the playoff?
3: So. Here's the thing, and I keep repeating myself, and I'm sorry, but I, I understand your point. It would be so much more meaningful if this list had any value.
1: All right, that would it like would it, be like the same thing. Take
3: who, whatever two teams play in the Super Bowl this year, and then you say, you know what? E- at, at full- no, no don't stop your sentence right now. Stop your sentence right now because incorrect. because I can guarantee you, very much this year. I'm going to whichever chief or Bill team doesn't get to the Super Bowl is a better team than whichever team wins the NFC. So I agree with that. so if I was going to make a new list, let's say the Chiefs beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl, right? And it's not and it's not close, my list might go Chiefs, Bills after an epic, an epic AFC title game and then the Eagles at number 3.
0: So do it by conference I, then. Let, let me just add that Nick Saban is going to make the rounds and talk to a bunch of boosters. He's going to talk to a bunch. Of, he's going to yeah. have to pulp night and, and he's going to say at some point Publicly, or, or 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 in living rooms, or whatever, we're the best program in America, and I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm in the audience, I got it on tape, you didn't win, got gotcha. you. Like this is what coaches say. Uh, coaches are always going to, I think, believe and certainly say, spin the best light, the best possible reality on wherever their program is. They just, they just are, man. Like Penn State, they're not going to make the argument that they are a top five team right now. But they're certainly out there making the argument they're going to be next year. Right? Like, it's – everyone's going to – I'm not mad at Nixon. I actually just enjoyed your – I enjoyed your your outrage. <laughs> your, your weird outrage on it. It's right. just – I mean, it's silly. It's silly optics. We agree on that. Oh, okay. No, with the opera, just, we disagree on the part of it that's silly.
3: I'm a, if you want me to be bothered, D-Cell, tell me who voted Ohio State number seven. That one bothers me more because that one doesn't make any sense. That I don't see the logic in.
0: See, I don't even look at these things. I don't even care enough about the coaches ever, by the way, but especially right now.
1: You want the four coaches who voted TCU lower than number four? No, that's fine. Lower than number four. I know. I want them. I want them. UTEP, Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman, he voted them fifth. Boston College, voted them fifth. And Pat Narduzzi at Pitt,
3: voted them fifth. And Southern Miss, Will Hall. There you go.
0: I mean that's pretty egregious given the fact they beat Michigan. They have Michigan higher? They have Michigan higher in those votes?
3: I'd have to look at each each ballot. I'm sure they did. Maybe they had Alabama in there.
0: All right. Let's should we should we shift gears to a little more serious? To answer your question,
3: a, Marcus Freeman's ballot was Georgia, Ohio State, Bama, Michigan, TCU.
0: I mean, give me a give me a break. No, don't do it. Don't be a D cell. It doesn't I mean, that's, matter. That's, you know, it doesn't matter. Oh, by the way, you see? Bar- soccer. I got my Barcelona shirt on right here.
3: Is that a oh. jersey or a T-shirt? I can't tell.
0: That's a jersey. I mean, it doesn't have anybody's name on it, right? But it's, right. A, it's a full jersey. It's got the map of Barcelona on it. Uh, I know you already know this, so I shouldn't be asking you easy questions like 2 plus 2. But what competition is Barcelona playing in today? Soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Super Copa, 11 Pacific time. Let's go. Let's go!
3: Semifinals today?
0: Yeah, were you, final on Sunday. Know. See, I can't say the name of the opponent. Real Batiste or Real Betis?
3: I think it's Batiste. Mm, think I'm going to go Betis. It's not
0: Jerome. It's Batiste, then <laughs> also, we got a request on on uh, Twitter for some, and I think they use an exclamation point. Tennis uh, content. I don't have anything for you. But I'll try to get there. Do you have any – you got a prediction for the Australian Open? That was the question. I could give bogey. you
3: some notes from the draw in the next update. Not in this one, but next to hour well, I can.
0: Or in or sell. We could do Naomi a little Osaka's now. Naomi Osaka's
3: having a baby. That could be in exactly, sell.
0: Congrats. That's really – that is pretty cool. All right. Um, Dana White slapped his wife on New Year's Eve. It was on – it was recorded, obviously, in video. TMZ put it out there. We've discussed it. He has spoken, and we're going to get into the sheer hypocrisy and awfulness of – Not even what he said, I think, but the reality of what's not going to happen as a result. We'll do that here on the show after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogus.
2: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome
0: back into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Thanks for being here. On New Year's Eve in Cabo, Dana White was on a balcony partying with a crowd of people, including his wife and people nearby caught on video because everyone's phone is a camera now. And I'm glad they did. Truth is better, I think, than than the opposite, and the idea that this should be private is is farcical. Uh, It was caught on camera, and I believe first reported by TMZ Sports, that Dana White slapped his wife. His wife slapped him, and then he slapped her very hard. And I don't—it's not a punch, but slap, if you haven't seen it, I think understates the level of contact. It was domestic violence. It it was unacceptable. And I can't speak in any way to what goes on or has gone on in the past or will go on in the future in that marriage. I can tell you someone who knows Dana, who likes Dana, who has spent time with Dana, who partied with Dana as a reporter gets to when you're in bed before Dana was this, this sort of monstrously successful figure that I don't care and there should be punishment And the notion idea that he gets to continue as the head of UFC, which is a multi-billion dollar thing that he built, I get, is ridiculous. It's also the least surprising thing uh, on the face of the earth. And a reminder that the powerful don't punish themselves, and that our outrage, although it doesn't feel important anymore because there's so many things we're outraged about every single day, is sometimes the only check or balance. Unlikely, though, it is in this case to make a difference on people like Dana White, who do not who are not going to be held to the same standard that his athletes would and should be held to. Uh, Dana talked yesterday. He spoke yesterday at an event in Vegas. It's worth finding on YouTube all all the sound. Here is one of the the key moments of Dana White. And I I liked, I I respected his comments. Doesn't change what he did. Here's Dana White talking yesterday to the press.
2: What should the repercussions be? You tell me. I take 30 days off? How, How does that hurt me? I mean, I told you guys when we were going through COVID, COVID could last 10 years. I could set it out. And you know what I mean? What, what would be the problem? The only, it's, it's much like COVID actually, you know, the, uh, me leaving hurts the company, hurts my employees, hurts the fighters. Doesn't hurt me. I could have left in 2016. You know what I mean? I don't know. What's the, do, do I need to reflect? No, I don't need to reflect. The next morning when I woke up, you know what I mean? I, I, I've been against this. I've owned this. I'm telling you that I'm wrong, and um, but listen. I mean, I've had, we've had plenty of discussions internally with Ari, ESPN. Nobody's happy. Nobody's happy about this. You know, neither am I. Um, but it happened, and, and and I have to deal with it. And, and what is my punishment? Here's my punishment. I got to walk around for however long I live. Is it 10.4 years or is it another 25 years? And I got to and I and I got to. This is, this is how I'm labeled now. My other punishment is that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people, whether it be media, fighters, friends, acquaintances who had respect for me, might not have respect for me now. No, incorrect. And he's right. I don't have respect
0: for him anymore. But that's not a punishment. That's a consequence. Those are very different things. They are. A punishment can be a consequence, but a consequence is not necessarily a punishment. A punishment is a legal or professional decision that is handed down that limits or takes away or makes an example of because it's the right thing to do or and let's be honest sometimes punishments aren't the right thing to do but in this case it would be now, shame on you espn i mean seriously what a bunch of hypocrites how on earth does espn and i feel bad for the people that cover the news because you when you work for a huge conglomerate like, like that, you're trying to apply real standards to a company that won't apply them internally. That, that's a difficult position to be in. But when the next NFL or NBA player or coach, when the next Chris Beard happens, like how do you go on ESPN's airwaves? And we don't have video of what Chris Beard do. I know there's a police report. I know it's ugly. I got it. I'm, and I don't doubt that that happened. But I'm just saying, in, in Dana White's case, I don't. We don't the, the silly, farcical, oh, you don't really know. Yeah, we know I saw it. How do you go on and say, well, I I I think Chris Beard should have been fired by Texas and shouldn't be hired again? How do you say that? It's the right thing to say when the company that you're talking on won't apply any kind of punishment or standard to a guy because he's worth money. That's the reality. And I don't know if Daniel White's ever done this before. I don't know. I know that slapping your wife doesn't assure that it's happened in the past, but it is more likely than not. Those are the stats of of domestic violence. And if someone, it's been a long time, but that covered domestic violence as a newspaper reporter a long time ago. I know it's hard to parse this stuff. I know it's no hard to know what's what. I, I got it. Most people that physically abused their wife in public, drunk or not, have done it before in private. The end. And I don't even need to know the past or even to know the stats on what is likely in the past for Dana White to know what happened on that date. What should the punishment be? Should be the different conversation. This is how much the Overton window on these things has shifted. Instead of talking about, well, should he go away for three months, or should he, should he just be fired? It's oh, there's no punishment. Don't. The punishment is. I feel there's been a lot of talk in the building. Yeah, conversation about a protector. You know what? Give me a break, man. Give me a break. He'll. I'm gonna hurt the employees if I go away. You already hurt the employees when you literally physically hurt your wife. This is the powerful not getting punished. This is the equivalent of NFL owners not applying the same standard to themselves as they do to the athletes they punish. When, when when athletes in the National Football League do something wrong, egregiously, morally, socially wrong, I'm I'm the first guy to say they should be punished. But Bobby Kegs up there in New England, Robert Kraft didn't get punished, and he got investigated. So I I recognize the ridiculous hypocrisy of it. The powerful get away with things that the non-powerful don't. The end. That's the way that it's not right. It's not fair. It's not the way that it should be. That's another takeaway. Shame on Dana White and shame on the UFC. Give me a break, man. Yeah, he's right. And I'm not friends with Dana White. I mean, I used to text the guy, right, as a reporter does. But I I liked him. I've interacted with a lot of people who are now famous athletes or commissioners or GMs or whatever you might be, coaches. I like Dana White. You're right. lost my respect for him. And, And so should have the people that own and run UFC. The agency that bought them, the broadcast partner that, that airs their matches, their their fights. Shame on Dana White, of course. Shame on everyone now who's letting this guy slide. What a joke, man. Alright, let's get back to let's get back to some football. Two was not gonna play, but we knew this was the case. But we're gonna dive into what that means for the Dolphins and the Ravens. Two quarterbacks won't play for their teams in the postseason. That impact next year on CBS Sports Radio.